Hi, in this AB Talks with Meredith Mickelson, we start to get to know her more as a human, more vulnerable conversation, and a very personal one. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Okay, so Meredith. Hi. How are you really doing? I am in a very, honestly, insanely difficult time of my life, but... I'm not letting myself fall, so I'm pushing through, if that makes sense. So to answer that, I would say, okay. Yes. Why difficult? Um, what day is it? What day is it today? We are in August now, late August. Uh, late August. So about like a month. Oh, we're immediately getting deep, so if you really want to know. Okay, a month and a half ago, like six weeks ago, my brother passed away. Hmm. So he was my age, well, 23, so... Getting through that time is very, very difficult. It's very new. Very new. And we were best friends too. Like, every, like I kid you not, every single day together. He lived in my building. We eat dinner together. Yeah, it's definitely been a crazy, crazy past few, two months, one month. I don't even know. Daniel, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's like a, ever since he passed, it's like a, blackout like I'm a functioning like blackout person like I don't remember much but like I'm very functioning but I can't remember like what I did yesterday or who was over or so until now you're like that no no I'm still like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yes would you say you're numb I wouldn't necessarily say I'm numb I mean to be honest like we were talking earlier and it's like I can't cry and if I do cry it's like very like three tiers and I'm like wow that was that was great but I don't know if numb's the right word I try and focus on my brother's spiritual self so for me when he passed it's like I try really hard to detach from the physical body if this makes sense because Mm -hmm. I feel him so heavily in me like it's weird it's like a weird because he was very bright outgoing person and I just feel a weird euphoric like being like hovering over me if that makes sense it's really weird like I should be like sobbing but I feel him like in me it's it's like the craziest feeling like I can't even explain it it's wild so I don't know if numb I could be numb I don't know (laughs) I could be um what I find interesting is that a lot of people are hard on themselves when they don't do the typical reactions to losing mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. I've had people on the show also who said, you know, they didn't cry. And I'm like, it's fine. We, we express love differently. Somebody will express love by cooking for you. Yeah. But they don't know how to say it. Yeah. Somebody will express grief by being angry or maybe art. Yeah. And it's not one way. And this is what people need to calm down about. If you cry when you're sad, it doesn't mean everybody else should cry. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't cry, yeah. but I'm saying it doesn't have to be uniform. Yeah, It's not a universal system that everybody should do the same way. So you're just grieving in your way. Maybe you cry after two years. Maybe you don't. No, 100%. It's weird because I'm like waiting. There's definitely, I mean, it's definitely like the worst thing anyone can ever go through in life. Like it's horrible. Like the feeling you feel, it's like, a nightmare you're living but I've been depressed and I've been at my low and I've been through shit and I've literally hit rock bottom before like mentally so and he's been with me through it all so it's like I know him would like actually like kill me if I like fell like it, it wouldn't be 
it would be in my mind it would be like dishonoring his life if I didn't take care of myself so like in a way keeping myself good is like my extended hand to like him Hmm. so he knows that I will try and continue to like live out his because he was so like the light in every room right he was like could talk to a wall and be like I don't even know so I'm trying really my best to like let him let his light come through me as much as I can without like falling apart if that makes sense is it too hard on on yourself um I don't know if it's too hard on myself I think it's a very weird thing especially when it's my parents lost a child so I don't know if it's necessarily like I take on like trying to be good for them which they don't ask me to do obviously they're not like be good for us but like it's something that I feel if I have the strength to do like I need to do and if my brother is giving me the strength I'm gonna take it and run with it and try and be good for them but I don't know if it's like a pressure on I think it's a fear I I know what it's like to go so dark that I'm like terrified of even letting myself slightly go there so it's a it's a huge fear of mine. Like I'm I run from depression and all that stuff because I've been there. And if I can protect myself, that's what I try and do. Hmm. <laughs> they say depression is a pressure focused inward. So why I'm asking is when you have a catastrophe mm-hmm. and a sudden death, not a old age death. It's yeah, a yeah. sudden death, which is the worst to experience. From hearing so many people, like in one moment you can't call them anymore no literally yeah you know and and it's i don't even want to feel what you feel it's yeah it's very difficult to imagine so when meredith now has uh, is putting extra pressure although nobody's asking her to mm-hmm. uh, to be the right daughter and the right sister and a strong model and a strong in her career or whatnot these are pressures oh, totally. and the question is if these pressures are being placed on yourself because you're afraid also of going into the dark pit. Are you yeah. going to the dark pit because of all these pressures? I mean, I'll let you know. No, I, I don't. I know it sounds crazy, but as I said before, my brother is like very much a part of me and he's very much with me. Um, like I've had like crazy experiences with like, I know it sounds, if someone hasn't gone through this, it's really hard to explain to them what I mean. Because if you're not forced to think about like life after death, or yeah yep. life after death yeah if you're not forced to think about that you don't like you don't think about it to like the degree that I think about it like I'm like there's just in my personal sorry I just hit my it's fine in my personal opinion there's no way that someone just dies and then they're just not with you so I am really focusing on that like spiritual journey of mine and trying to connect to him as much as I can and as much as I'm allowed to by diving into that and whether it's like talking to him out loud or like you know meeting with people who are energy healers and like can guide me and make me feel better and I've just had crazy experiences with like lights and stuff too because my brother passed away like the day of I like was talking to him in my bathroom and I was like show me crazy signs but only in light because all like everything else I won't recognize so like make it so obvious And he's done that and he's like shown me cool stuff with light. And when that happens, I feel like a sense of like, like the most like on top of the world euphoric feeling I could like ever explain because I'm like, I have a protection not only in like this world, but like 
whatever the energies are in the other worlds, like it's protecting me. So it's, it's a weird thing to explain or even think about, but like, I love talking about it. Like I could go on for like days just talking about like how like in depth everything is once Mm. you actually think about it. How did he pass if I may ask? Um, We're still waiting on the, supposedly we're still waiting on the autopsy now that I think about it. Shouldn't be. Oh yeah, actually I think it takes sometimes months. But what I am under the impression of is that he took something laced with fentanyl and it killed him instantly. So he took a pill and he had been sober and he had gone to AA for six months. He hadn't drank alcohol in over a year. Um, And then he, on my birthday, which was July 1st, slipped up. And um, on the 3rd, that night, he took a pill from what we are aware of. I don't know. um, And killed him instantly. So, which is like crazy to think about because everyone in LA is like, and everyone around the world in college parties and like no one, like he just got one pill that could have gone to like literally anyone. You know what I mean? Like, it's like crazy how no one thinks about He's like a normal kid, like the consequences of drugs and stuff. And like, I'm not like a, you can't do drugs person, but like that literally could have been anyone. And like, it's just crazy to me to think that he got that like one pill that was laced. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like an OD. It wasn't like anything crazy like that. It was just the one pill he took. That's what I'm under the impression of. So. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. But I'm, I'm with you where we think we never know what's next and what's bigger than us. And if people are there in spirit with us or at soul or they see us or they supervise, or who are we to, to say we know? We don't yeah. know. It can be anything. We don't. But like, know? to be honest, I, if I would have had this conversation a few months ago, I would have never thought about it. I would have kind of shot down the idea of like thinking in that depth because it scared me. Like it scares everyone like dying. It's not talked about. It's like, there's such a obviously there's a stigma around it of everyone's so terrified to die and everyone's so terrified to like even think about that thought because it's not encouraged at all but it's like there's such a negative thing around it but like what I'm trying to do with my experiences I lost like a 23 year old who was my best friend I didn't lose someone who was older I lost like such a young alive spirit like he was so everything so like when he dies, like, I'm trying to feel that youth in me and that, like, euphoric feeling that he brought everyone around him. And I'm really, that's what's keeping me going, is I'm really focusing on, like, the spiritual side of it and trying really to detach. It's hard, because if I start thinking about the physical of him, it gets too much, because then I, like, I can't think he was much more than, like, a body. He was much more than... I think the earth could have been for him. He was too big for it. So I, if I try and like tell myself like his spirit and feel it and welcome it, then I, then I, I do. It's, it's definitely crazy. Our bodies are for rent. Do I? Our, Our bodies, bodies are yeah. for rent. I mean, I'm also Christian, so I believe like he's with God in heaven. But then that also gets you questioning. It's like I'm, I like grew up in a Christian household. My family's so Christian. And then it's like, yeah, he's in heaven, but like he's also with me. So then you're like, wait, how is he like, how does that work? And then like you start snowballing and then you're like, you just go to these places like you would never thought you would be like, I never thought I would be here. Like I always 
I remember like when I was younger, a few years ago, actually, honestly, probably like a few months ago, I was like, I'm so blessed in life. Something has to go wrong. Like there, there's never like been, or like actually a few years ago, there's never been anything too traumatic that's happened to me. Like I didn't know anyone who died. I mean, there was nothing like I was very blessed with my family and how I was brought up. They're absolutely amazing. I was like me and my brother are best friends. And I was like, something has to, like, I'm confused. Like, God, why did you give me such a good life? And then this happened and I was like, all right, I'm never asking that question again. I'm keeping my mouth shut because, but it's weird. It's, it's, I've reached a new level of like substance and depth that I never would have, or I'm just trying to take what I can and keep it moving. That's all we can ask. Yeah. You do your best. Yeah. If I rewind, how was your childhood? My childhood was amazing. I don't have any, like, I love my family. My brother has always been my best friend. I, I was very, very lucky. Oh, I don't like to use the word lucky. Blessed with how I was brought up. I was in such a loving household that it was everything I could have hoped for for anyone, to be honest. Hmm. If I ask you, who are you? Who am I? Hmm. All right. Uh, these days... I'm figuring it out. I don't really think there's one thing that I could like label myself as. If you want to get into like categories, I'd be like, I'm an introvert. I don't like going out. I don't like partying. I don't like, I've always been this way. And I, I'm super bubbly, but I also have an off button. Like if my social, like if I'm out somewhere and I'm being social and I, my battery runs out and I literally go mute. Like I cannot conversate. Like I'll be like, and then they'll be like, so where are you from? And I'm like, I literally don't know. <laughs> like, I can't talk. So there's a there's a lot of layers to me. So what category would you say? Like, who am I? Just I overall? Just like, yeah, I just like an answer where, where whichever way somebody understands it. Yeah, I mean, I would think I am real and genuine. Let's just leave it at that, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting question. I, I like how I'm complimenting myself anyways. Um, <laughs> it, what is something or a flaw in your parents okay. that you wish you could change? A flaw in my parents? Um, uh, my mom always holds grudges. Like, my parents are so amazing. That's kind of hard. My mom holds grudges. Wish I could change that. My dad, I would say... My dad has flaws, but I can't really think of, I guess, um, he's very emotionless, I would say. So it's probably where I get my, or he's very logical and not emotional. And that's where I say I'm very logical and rational and not We'll get emotional. along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very much like that. But I, I, I'm reading a book now. I still didn't finish it. It's called The Five Love Languages. The five love languages. It's a beautiful, it's a very easy read. It's like this small. Great. And uh, it's about literally every human being is one or a few of these five love languages, all of us. Mm -hmm. So some of them like, and then if I know your love language, I know how to show you love because I know it counts to you. So for example, some people need words of affirmation. Yeah. Some people don't care. Yeah. Uh, So you need to understand your sister, your brother, your boyfriend, your... And you start to know know how to uh, have the right right love language. So your father is logical, but doesn't mean he doesn't have a love language. Oh, totally. You know, totally. and even you, if you're logical, doesn't mean 
uh, you wouldn't appreciate maybe in um, a sentimental gift. Oh, no, you know? no, no, totally. Suddenly that is what I you're like, oh, I love that. I love a sentimental gift. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you live to work or work to live? Um, I... Okay, so it's a multi-layered question because since I've been in my industry since I was 16, I've been in like the modeling industry since I was 14. So like I just moved out of here when I was 16. And I would say back then I was very much work to live. Wait, that's, yeah, work to live. Mm -hmm. Wait. No, live to work, you live for it. Oh, okay, okay. Work to live, you need to work because otherwise you can't live. I live for it. Okay, okay, got it. I live for it. And I've always been that way. And I've always been super, I've just been super determined. And I've Mm. inserted myself in situations to where there has to be an outcome, whether it's like good or bad. So I've always been that way though, but I don't want to like let it define me. And that's where it got messy when I was like 18. I let it like fully start defining me. And I like lost who I was, Mm. to be honest. So I had to figure that out. And you apparently heard a lot of no's, the word no, yes. in your yes. career. Can you tell me about that? Um, so modeling is a very tricky industry. I would feel like everyone who's in it, every girl or guy, is somewhat manipulated by it, whether they want to admit it or not. Like, wh- while I was younger, I was like, no, this is great. But, like, little did I know, like, I was, like, my foot in the door of, like, giving myself an eating disorder or, like, going here and doing that. And it's like... It opens up a lot of doors that you almost fool yourself that you're not in. Like, I spent so much time getting told, no, my look wasn't right, or no, like, your body is not right, or your face isn't right, or your eye color is not right. And, like, when you get told that since 14, like, or you get to, and that comes online too, like, so that starts taking over on social media with me. And I got told, I got insulted, and it got to me because I was like, all right, well, if no one likes me, then I'll fully change myself. Like if they have a problem with me and I did that, I was like, if you guys don't like, like my body, then I'll just become super skinny and I will cut my hair and I'll bleach it and I'll just be this super girl that you guys want. So I did all of that. I, I really, that was my way of rebelling in a way of kind of being like, okay, like me listening to everyone. And then when I got to that state, I got told more no's. I was literally like, what? Like I got, I wasn't allowed to work. Everyone told me no. And then I got in a really dark place with like my eating disorder that I had and it fully took over. And I would, yeah, that's kind of the answer. Hmm. So the no's kept coming. They always, they still come. It's funny because somebody on the outside can easily judge you sadly from nine photos on your Instagram feed mm-hmm. and say, ah, you know, she's pretty. I'm sure it's easy for her to get jobs. You know, she has, she's naturally beautiful. What they don't know is a lot of supermodels are extremely insecure. Oh, and it's yeah. because it's a natural thing when, like you said, everybody's just judging you on your look in your industry. Somebody will say your nose is big. Somebody will say your nose is small. Somebody will say you should do this. And suddenly you're like, shit, I can't satisfy everybody. And mm-hmm. I can't do anything unless I do plastic surgery, which is yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. somebody saying, why are you tall? And yeah. you're like, uh, <laughs> you're like, I can't change that. You know, I can't, you know, crouch in yeah. every picture. So I find it very tough. And if you said you started at 14, imagine a 14 year old who gets judged on physique. It's well, not you, easy. You lose yourself. Like I never got the opportunity to define who I was. I let everyone define it for me. Because I let everyone tell me what was right and what was wrong and how I should be. Like, I've always been super bubbly, but 
Then you move to New York and it's like, don't be bubbly. They want a girl who's like mean. So then I'm like, all right, like I can't be like that. So I just kind of, it's just never winning. It's like you have like the body with curves and then it's like, no, we don't want that. Like we want you to be skinnier. You get skinnier and they're like, no, we liked your body like before. And then you're like, all right, well, (laughs) it's just a losing battle unless you, and that's when it got messy for me is like, I had to step out of that and be like, what, who am I? And I literally couldn't answer that like a few years ago. I couldn't. I had, I felt like if I was standing in a room with 10 girls, I was like, what makes me different than the girl next to me? I had, I couldn't answer it. I would be like, I don't know. I Mm. literally have no idea. Like I, I don't know. I could morph into her, sure. But I don't know. It makes me different than her. You know know what's the sexiest thing Meredith in a person? Yes. Uh, No. Tell me. Okay. Well, this is my, my take on it. Uh, Is a person who's at peace with themselves. Totally, they they're are. secure. They're usually so appealing. Even if they're not the best looking ones, they're just like so at peace. And you're like, I like them. You know, they're cool. Yeah. But uh, we have a beautiful saying in Arabic that says, um, I'll say it in Arabic first. It's pleasing all people is a mission never accomplished. Mm-hmm. Because you'll end up failing. Yeah. And you'll end up probably miserable. Because like you said, you're, you're like the joker of the deck. Yeah. You don't know where you stand. You're yeah. trying to be the red diamond and or the, you know, this sort of, and you're like, who am I? But if you just stick to your lane, some people won't like it, but some people will love it. Yeah, that's, that's where I am now. I took over because when I was 18, I went home and I like recovered from my eating for like six weeks. I like pretended I was in Paris still, so no one knew. And I went home and I like recovered there and... I was like, all right, Meredith, you have no work. You have no friends around you. It was really hard. I was like, who are you? And I, I didn't know. And it took time and years. And honestly, going through that was that's when I hit my like low, low. And it gave me the level of depth and substance that I was like longing for. I wanted something to like be like, I went through this. So I got this out of it. Like I, I wanted to have a level to me that could understand mental health and could understand like girls going through stuff and it definitely gave me that because now I feel like I'm a huge advocate for like anxiety depression eating disorder now since my brother's passed like I understand what it's like to lose someone so it's like I have layers to myself now yeah it came out of actual being in hell like literal hell but I have layers to myself now and I can now incorporate my everyday like my outlook on life is different and how like I can help people and talk about it which I think like even doing this podcast it's great because you can have so many people relate and have gone through and, and at least one of those things you're spot on this show I always repeat is not about me and the guests not me and Meredith yeah it's about every person who'll watch who'll feel I relate to that yeah uh, that's how she got over it maybe it will help me totally and somebody will and you will see through the messages somebody will relate because a lot of people are going through shit Oh my God. And a lot of people feel lonely, which is the worst feeling, is to feel alone. The worst, yeah. And human beings can die just because they're alone. Mm -hmm. We're uh, creatures of habit and communication and touch. And if you don't have that and you feel you're an alien or void or in a silo, then Mm -hmm. it's it's very bad. You know, this story, it's it's stuck in my mind. I met, uh, I, I honestly don't remember who. I meet too many people. And, and <laughs> this person told me they were in solitary confinement at some stage in their life. Oh, wow. 
or they were talking about somebody or themselves. I'm not sure. But the point is, you know, in solitary confinement, as in the movies, you see there's a slot where they put the food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in solitary confinement, it's the worst punishment because you're alone. Yeah, you go crazy. And that's the whole reason. They want you to be alone because it's going to, you know, drive. And there's a limit. A humanitarian, in a humanitarian world, there's a certain limit. You can't put somebody in solitary for too long because they will go nuts. So this person was saying he would put his eyes where the, uh, the, the slot is. And just wait for the security guard to look at him in the eyes so he knows he's not alone. He's like, I was longing. Was to, he like to be crazy? Seen. Like, why was he there? I don't know. I honestly don't remember the exact oh. case, but it was so crazy to imagine he just wanted to be seen. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm here. By yeah. the way, I exist. Mm-hmm. And he would just do that, just wait till the guy's That's eyes come. That's actually comes. so heartbreaking. That's really sad. I, I mean, I can understand like being younger and like looking up to all these models and these people and hearing them like actually go through stuff and like struggle. Like I was like, well, oh, like I'm not crazy because you're made out to be crazy. Like no matter what, like even in like modeling and stuff, it's like when I was like struggling, it's like I got kept got kept getting told no but suddenly it was my fault for the way I was looking like it was suddenly my fault for like I'm this person and and I got like punished for it like I wasn't allowed to work like they wouldn't work me and I I kept being like not punished I guess that's not the right word because it was appropriate I shouldn't have worked it that way to be honest it's not promoting anything good but like in my mind I couldn't understand at the time like why nothing like was working out like why I always got told no and like you see online it's like you see all these like happy photos and jobs I'm doing and it's like little did you like little did anyone know I was posting pictures in Paris I was at home in Atlanta like at rock bottom like going to therapy five times a week to like get my eating disorder under control so it's like it's definitely like a double-edged sort of how much you share because people always have opinions which you have to be okay in yourself obviously it sounds so cliche to like not let it get to you and I finally got to the age where I was like I don't care what anyone says like I finally am who I want to be and that's when I'm like the most secure Hmm. so yeah it's a lot Um, I know that you chew gum because of your Uh, anxiety I chew no no you think you know I chew gum I chew Okay, this is what I, I need to get hematized. I'm not even kidding you. I chew three packs of gum a day. Three. Can everyone understand three packs of gum a day? How I'm not proud of it. Like, I want everyone to listen to that and honestly, like, attack me. I, I need, like, it's horrible. But, yeah, I have such a such bad anxiety that, like, I constantly have to be, like, doing something or else mm-hmm. I go insane. So my, my question to you now is... Um... I, won't, I don't want to call it advice. I want to call it personal experience that hopefully can act as mm-hmm. help, right? So for uh, a lady that went through anxiety or still going through it and chewing a lot of gum and um, food disorder, you said? Yes. And uh, grief in whatever mm-hmm. way you want to call it. Uh, the bigger picture, the energy. If, if you had from your Meredith ex- experience and somebody's listening now, mm-hmm. what are things that helped you? With anxiety, I mean, it's very different for each person. What I noticed helped me with that one, like yesterday, I had a something, but I couldn't go because I, I was like on the verge of having a panic attack and I didn't know when it was coming. So 
I canceled it and I went outside and I just walked. Like I just kept walking and being in nature, listening to music. Um, that helps me a lot. Like when I have anxiety, just movement. And for weirdly enough, eating. Eating helps me when I get anxiety. So I just eat. Um, and then eating disorder wise, this one's tricky because it is horrible how not applauded it is to be like so thin especially on like apps like tiktok and stuff like it's so eating disorders are almost like glamorized like it's like crazy to me and it's like I got told I had six weeks left to live if I didn't change right then and there so it's like and then like no one realizes how, how much comes with an eating disorder like especially like the brain fog the just everything the hair falling out the you can't you don't have energy you lose your personality that's like one thing no one recognizes is like you fully lose your personality you have no personality you are not a human being so like you think like you want to deny it so bad and you think you're not in that state and you think oh i'm just skinny and like i'm just healthy like i'm just healthy i'm just eating really healthy and i'm working out a lot like it's not like getting toxic like it used to get so bad to the point where if i didn't work out in a day ruined my day was ruined don't talk to me don't hang out with me I was a failure for that day don't come near me I had to work out twice as hard the next day I was scared of eating like anything processed like it's just such a twisted thing that I just feel like it's something someone has to first of all accept if someone doesn't accept they have a problem then there's no there's no help that they can get because I didn't accept it and then until it got too late and I had like literal a few weeks left to live before I got treatment and it's once you accept it then you can get the advice and the advice is everyone deals with it differently it's honestly get a therapist like get a therapist get help through it because that's like I have my therapist she's been with me for two years and like really start to love yourself because I feel like an eating disorder comes from immense insecurity and that's where it came from me was trying to constantly change myself to like be this person that I wanted to be. And when I finally got to a, like so skinny, I was I felt so unhappy with my body. I never was skinny enough. I got to the point where if I was too skinny, I didn't feel sexy. So I didn't have a butt, boobs. I didn't feel like a woman. I didn't feel like anything. So it's like once you get everyone's like I just need to lose 10 more pounds or 5 more pounds. And it's like no, cuz once you get there, like you're going to something else is it's not going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. So my advice is it was never enough. I got as low as I could and it was never enough. And then you lose your womanhood and it's such a double-edged sword. I really am so against all of that online being promoted right now. I think it's destroying young girls. Thank God I didn't have that app when I was 16 or I would have, it would happen way sooner for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, really, it's really concerning how glamorized it is right now. It really upsets me. Um, and then grief. This is a weird one. You're sharp, by the way. Thanks. You don't forget. Yeah, I'm trying because mm. it's. I'm like, well, I want to. I want to get out some, as much as I can. In some interviews, I have to remind, put somebody back on track, but you're good. <laughs> Thanks. I try. Um, for grief, I deal. I'm dealing with it a lot differently. I have friends who have lost parents, who have lost people, and uh, my way of dealing with grief is like it's two things because I want to come across as. I don't want to come across as a burden to anyone and I know I'm not but it is a lot it is a lot to be around like if you think about it like that heavy of like a topic for anyone to be around it's it's a lot so it's like 
I try really hard to not be that heavy person. I try to make it light and fun and I'm like handling it as good as I can. And I honestly think I'm handling it very well. But like also at the same time, like I have the thing in the back of my mind that's like, oh wait, what about the moments you're not and you actually do need help? Not everyone thinks you're like, like happiness and butterflies and you do need someone. So it's like, it's a weird way. But what's helping me, like I said earlier, is I'm really trying to attach myself to like the spiritual part of him. I'm really trying to like, like, if a body's a body and that's all it is, great. But, like, who was he? Who's his energy? Like, feel it and let it come into me, I think is so important. Like, let it, let him go into, like, my friends. Like, I truly believe, like, he goes into me and my friends when he passed. So, like, I have that love and strength from the people closest to me. Like, I feel like he's giving it to them and giving it to me. And I don't really know grief. I, I think it's more of a like keep yourself moving every day because I feel like if you collapse it's weird because I don't want to comment on someone else's you know what I mean because everyone deals with it differently no, I'm saying you so. Meredith as well oh me um yeah. and you're yeah. answering it yeah spiritual I'm really trying to be like rely on the spiritual side of everything and just remember who he was and what he celebrate wanted for me. yeah so exactly he's what makes me so mad is like I don't want him to be like a negative topic or like a heavy topic or like anything based around he was so much more than like even the mistakes he made like I just think it's stupid to be like oh well he did this and he took something and it like I don't want that to be like the topic of his death like I don't want him to be the topic of his death like he is such a light bright spirit that like shame on me or anyone else who like doesn't talk about it like that to be honest for him that's how I he feel. was a human yeah and that is a mix. Yeah. It's a cocktail of good and bad and fun and sad. Yeah, but he's, I, I truly feel like his purpose on earth, like, was way more than, he just hit, if you had met him, you would know, but he hit so many lives. And it's like, at 23, he did more in a lifetime of, like, being around people and bringing them joy than anyone can do in their lifetime. Like, I can't take that on. Like, it would destroy me. It would be way too much for me to carry. I'd be like, look. I'm keeping myself happy. I can't make you happy. That's on you. But yeah, so that's my way of dealing with it hmm. so far. You reminded me of a quote that I, I, I'm attached to at the moment um, when you said, you know, somebody has to admit that they have a problem. And this, yeah. this quote is um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm, yes. And I love that quote yes. because you can try to teach somebody, but if they don't want to learn, no. It's like all our friends, you'd like tell them you have to try this sport. And they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. You have to try this diet. It's so good. If they don't want, doesn't matter. It doesn't no. matter how much you try to convince or you're the best negotiator. They have to want. I mean, yeah, the amount of people that told me I was sick and I was like, or not even that I was sick, that they were like, you're looking like a bit thin. Like, is everything okay? And I was like, I started these unhealthy habits of like, just eating like excessive amounts of like fruit or like just anything to like just excessive amounts of very healthy foods but like that would fill me up and nothing like too crazy and like I notice it in a, like some people in my life now and, like I, I notice traits of stuff because I've been through it and like something they don't when they wouldn't think of like oh that's a big deal they would think oh I'm just being healthy and I'm like no, this is such like a slippery slope. You start cutting out one thing, then you cut out another. 
and then you're doing it X, Y, and Z, and it's so hard to recognize the difference between healthy, like being actual healthy, and then being like taking it a step too far because as a culture, we glamorize like diets and we glamorize being thin and like we glamorize all of that stuff. So it's very hard if someone's being like, I'm just eating like grilled chicken and veggies. Yeah, that's healthy technically, but like, are you doing it seven times a week with like nothing else in your diet? You know, it gets confusing for like young kids. It's like not anyone's fault. It's not their fault. It's just what they're around. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to admit because it took me a long time. If you were on talking to my parents, they, they tried and I left to Europe but I was not listening to anyone so then it caught up to me it all catches up to you hmm. because you can't live like that forever you'll eventually literally deteriorate it just yeah. isn't manageable another question mm-hmm. favorite color and three deep reasons why okay my favorite color is blue three deep reasons why well you know I actually wanted to change it to purple yesterday but I would say I'm very much a natural light person. It really helps me when I like get anxiety or I'm sad or anything. So, so calming. Yeah, I just think it's calming and yeah. That's sure. one. Calming. Two, two more. Sure. Okay. Calming and then. Or soothing. Yeah. Whatever. I think it's just yeah. It just gives me like a feeling of happiness. Um, okay. another reason why blue would be my favorite color is you know what? I only have one. I don't really have that much in depth of but blue. But think of it. Why blue? Sure. Okay. We go with the ocean. The ocean. Why blue. the ocean? There's a lot of, there's so much unexplored in the ocean. Okay, you see. can be whoever you want in the ocean. Happiness. Okay. So um, we, the I'm first is soothing slash happiness. Second is the Nostal- ocean. Let's say nostalgic because you nostalgic. could be a child in the ocean. Okay. Two. Um, and then three would be the sky. Why? Which is kind of like the first one. <laughs> the Why? Second one. Because... Infinite. Okay, that's the word. Favorite animal and three reasons why. Ooh, favorite animal and three reasons. It doesn't why. have to be like a pet. It can be any animal. Yeah. Um. Let's go with. There's that really cute animal that like went viral. I forgot its name. It was like. I don't remember the name. So let's just go with basic. Let's go with dog because I love my dog. And no, not your dog. Not my dog. No. It has to don't be make it personal. Which animal oh. in general? It can be in the jungle. It can be anywhere. So if it's a dog, it's a dog. Okay, let's go with koala. Okay, koala. Three reasons why? Yeah. Because they're cute. What? This is the most basic. They're cute. Really sad. They're almost extinct. So we need to protect them. At least I think they are. Someone told me that yesterday. So they need protection. They need okay. protection and exposure. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then the fourth reason is because... Third. Third reason. Thank you. Um, didn't go to college. No, I'm kidding. Um, the third reason is... I want one as a pet and I can't have one as a pet. So. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got, to be quite fair. Okay, so the color is how you see yourself. Oh, oh, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, okay. happy slash soothing. Okay. Infinite. And you said quite mysterious because the sea has so much about it and it makes it like a nostalgic uh, yeah. childhood thing. So that's how Meredith Imagine sees, people look at me and see their Meredith. childhood. <laughs> uh, the animal is an ideal partner. Oh. So somebody who needs protection. <laughs> Cute. 
and somebody who you want to own. <laughs> <laughs> I want to own him. Oh my God, yeah. I'm dead. Uh, on Facts. this topic though, do you think uh, being single is sad? Oh, so do we have another hour? <laughs> Because I have been single for like three years, right? I have a very heavy opinion on this. So no dating, nothing? No. Okay. Like I've seen maybe one person, two two people, but I've been single, single for like three years. And I only was in relationships when I was very insecure, which is like a thing I've realized. Like whenever I needed the affirmation from somebody else was the only time I was in relationships because I would jump from guy to guy to guy. And now that I'm like single, I have like all the self-love in myself in the world. I know who I am. I know what I want. Like everyone's like, go find yourself, like fall in love with yourself. And I'm like, great, found myself, fell in love with myself. <laughs> And I've done all the check, like check boxes on like the perfect how you find someone when you're ready. And I've been ready and no one's come along. <laughs> so starting to think that's bullshit, to be honest. I'm like, what's going on? So I think, no, I don't think being single is sad. I do think it can be lonely. But it's a double-edged sword because I have friends and relationships who are in the most anxiety and so unhappy and everything. So I feel like maybe there's a reason, God, I haven't been in a relationship. Maybe it's I wouldn't focus on my career as much, which I probably wouldn't, to be honest. Like if I was younger than me, I just only care about the boy. So I feel like there's a reason why I'm not in a relationship. I don't really know what it is, but it used to be like one of my insecurities until I was like, wait... <laughs> What, what's that going to do for you right now? And I didn't need it. And I still hmm. don't need it. And I think that's part of my concern where I just like almost push it away so much that I'm just like so good on my own. And I've like made that a thing that it, I don't know. It's, it needs to happen now. It's been three years. My mom's even like, Meredith, like what's going on? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Working on it. But yeah, so no, I don't think it's sad. I'm not sad about being not having someone so good maybe next time you see me i will and i can re-answer that and be like i'm so in love it's great <laughs> but no not see you are now at a more um healthy point to decide to invite somebody in your life totally before you treated it as a completion not an addition exactly which is dangerous mm -hmm. it's codependent it's bad Because right. then you're like, oh, he completes me, that kind of shit. Yeah, totally. You need somebody who compliments you, not completes you. Oof, good. You're so that's great. when that's great, now but... Meredith knows who Meredith is at this stage in her life, if somebody elevates you, welcome. If you don't, no. Yeah. I don't need you. I'm okay. I'm fine. And this is where I think now it's a healthy position. Is, is it beautiful to have a partner or a companion? Absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, human beings, we are, you know, we are meant to connect. Without mm -hmm. connection, we're nothing. So it's nice to connect. But when the connection is right, not a shitty Wi-Fi, a really good Wi-Fi. Yeah. So I think that's where you should be. Um, I'll switch. Do you wake up happy or sad? Happy. Nice. I wake up happy. Uh, are you currently living a life of meaning? Yes. How satisfied are you? It's weird because satisfaction, I think of someone of my, the way that just my personality, I don't think I am a person of ever being necessarily satisfied. But I also think it's like my anxiety comes into play with that. So I almost feel like with work, I'm never satisfied with this. I'm never satisfied. 
it's like great because I can use that to like work harder and push more but it's also like I need to accept where I am and be happy where I am and take in the moment and be present now and all those things and I'm working on it I'm definitely working on there's a few things I'm unsatisfied with with myself but I'm aware Hmm. I'm working on it like like I used to be very hard on myself for being introverted like very hard on myself like I don't like going out I don't like like partying I don't like I'm not that person and like I very much so tried to change that of myself and I would always beat myself up like it was a huge insecurity of mine still is honestly and I'm working on it but like that I'm very unsatisfied because I'm like oh you're missing out like oh you're only like in your 20s like go have fun like go meet someone go do something and it's like once I accepted that of myself, though, as I'm accepting that of myself, it's a lot less pressure. Just be like, I'm not that person. I don't want that kind of life. That's not the life that makes me happy. Like, I'd rather have conversations and, like, drinking. It doesn't make me happy. Like, I just feel like shit the next day. Like, it's I don't, I don't make good decisions when I'm drinking, you know? So it's just stuff that I'm accepting. Maybe I do, like, living a life of a bit more calmness. And that's okay. That's not something to be ashamed of or I'm not missing out. So I think that's, like, a key thing that I'm, like, unsatisfied with with myself. But I'm getting there. Hmm. So. I have a quote for you Mm -hmm. that you like because you talked about satisfaction. And I love this quote. It's uh, never satisfied. Always grateful, never satisfied. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I like to live. I'm never satisfied, but no. I'm grateful. But I think I'm blessed and yeah. I'm happy and I can do what I love. And I mean, it's but hard work. I don't want to be satisfied. Workers. I want yeah. to elevate. You want to be evolve. uncomfortable. Exactly. Like you, you want to be. And maybe that is a re- like maybe there is a reason because I know there's more for me out there. So maybe I need to go. I don't know. Hmm. But I agree. I think it's part of the reason I'm successful is because I live in a state of unsatisfaction. So I keep going. I want more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> so. Good. Yeah. Uh, hypothetical question. Yes. If you could see a characteristic above people's head, mm-hmm. like imagine you can see a characteristic that you choose and it has a scale like zero to 10, let's say, mm-hmm. which characteristic would be important for you to see above people's heads? Loyalty. Why? Um, because I think it goes, it would be like the same with being genuine and loyal I think it goes with everything the friendship would be pure the friendship would be successful because they'd want to see you win they'd want to see like you trust you like I trust them they'd want to see me like be successful there wouldn't be any like I would want to see them win it'd be like a very much mutual friendship of like just lifting each other up in my opinion and like, I always want someone who's a bit smarter than me, who's better at me than something that I can learn from them. That's very important to me. So I just think if someone's loyal, that they'll be with me through, like, my darkest times and my highest times. And, you know, when my brother passed, like, I saw so many of my, like, close, close friends come up and never leave my side. And that's, like, loyalty. Like, that's depressing to be around. Like, I had friends with me when I got the call. That's so heavy for anyone to be around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I get that call and then, like, obviously I collapse. And so I just think loyalty, like, when it really matters in life, those friends are the ones who show up. Mm. Just kind of went, like, eight different directions there. I'm, like, it's genuine. Fine. And then my brother died. But no. it's all connected. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, you're not sporadic. I don't think so. Okay. Um, what are you afraid of? Um, 
I am afraid of... I guess this ties back to the being single thing. I'm afraid of being alone too long. Because I just gave a whole spiel of, like, why being single is great. And here I am, like... I used to say death, but since my... Like, ever since Daniel, I'm, like, looking forward to it. So, like, someone waiting for me. (laughs) It's exciting. Not one. In my opinion, there are many that suit us, but we're lucky if we find one. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think being... Being alone too long, I would say, is my... I'm afraid of that in some weird way. I don't know why. Hmm. What is something when you think of it makes your heart smile? My brother. What is something that when you think of it makes your heart ache? My brother. (laughs) Um, It's it's funny, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. When was the last time you cried? Yesterday. Why? Three tears. I counted. (laughs) Why? Because I was walking and I missed my brother because he like always loved nature and stuff. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, way to get it out. So, yeah. Three that count. Three that count. I mean, I couldn't get more, but that was enough because I just can't. We talked about this before. I guess we didn't talk about this, but I, I can't cry for anything. I don't. I, I hate it because like even when I like go into acting class and stuff, and I need to do like a crying scene. Like I'm like, <laughs> can't get there. So I'm working on it. Good. Um, Daniel in one word. Euphoric. That was quick. Hmm. Any regrets? Um. No. Okay. Hypothetical. Mm-hmm. If you could take Meredith's heart mm-hmm. and you place it in front of you now, what would it tell Meredith? I would think it would tell me probably that I'm good as I am in the sense of I know who I am. It's so genuine and so pure where there's n- there's no like hatred in my heart. I'm not a grudge holder. I just think it would remind me to just stay who I am, to be honest, because I'm very proud of who I am. Good. Thanks. <laughs> I have lots of work on too, but for the most part, my heart itself is very, very good. Mm. Why did that uh, question stop you? Like you felt that one? Yeah, I would say because. Um, cause I have to think about it. I think there's a lot that someone could say to themselves if you can only say one thing it's like it's such a open question and then my mind goes to like because I always think of when I get asked questions like that what would I say to my what would I say to myself it's almost like nowadays I'm like what would my brother say to me so I stop a second I'm like what would he say to me if I'm ever struggling? So that's why I, like, when someone asks, like, what would you say to yourself? I no longer necessarily ask what I would say to myself. Like, I ask what he would say to me. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, what would he say to me to keep me going? So that's why I stopped. Let me switch that. Okay. What would you say to your brother if he can hear you? Oh, God, I talk all the time. M- very important I just if he could hear me I just want to know he's with me at all times and I've said that since the day 
he's passed that he's with me and he's not allowed to leave me like literally like i'm literally like we are a ball and chain we are attached you're not allowed to leave and to protect me until i see him again hmm. last one yeah married the thin one word i would say me in one word would be loyal loyal like i want a friend i would say i'm very loyal to the people i love and kind thank you <laughs> oh my god you can't shake my hand it's too sweaty uh, i'm not come even on kidding. i don't care no, 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 i'm no. the guy who will make you feel, feel my hand i don't care i really don't care thank you thank you guys it. my hand so so thank you that was honestly amazing ha- i'm so stoked i have one I thing like for five you. minutes i have one thing for you though okay i think you're too hard on yourself meredith too fucking hard <clears throat> i could see that and it's okay but if you're aware which i'm trying to now yeah. i think you're already aware no, no, i'm gonna no. add to totally. it i appreciate it just you need to breathe a little yeah give yourself a little breather and this is just an opinion of a friend that you just met no no, no like i, I really it. feel yeah take it easy on meredith a little not too much because i think that's asking that's too much that's why i say at the moment i'm like a functioning blackout because I, i don't remember what i no not a zombie at all i very much have my personality i it's just very much what i can what i do to keep myself going like yeah. it's very much i'm operating you know somebody told me and it's so interesting because i interview so many people and i start to connect stories somebody told me anas um they had a loss also in their family and he didn't cry and he was because he was looked to as the as the guy now because mm-hmm. his his brother i think uh, passed away yeah and he said i had to be the guy for my parents everybody's yeah. leaning on me i can't break i can't cry if they're crying and i'm crying i'm making it worse so i'm not okay when will you get any time for you he said later anas anas later yeah in this period my family needs me yeah i need to be fucking strong yeah later i will i know i will break down mm-hmm. i will go to my room and i'll probably cry or, but now i can't i can't mm-hmm. afford that and it was interesting to hear how selfless that act can be and you're a bit similar i think I mean, that's subconsciously you're like this you're like no, i need totally. my career i need to be good for my parents oh, totally. they already lost their son if i was a mess for them it would be such a shit show they already had me when i was a mess and anorexic and off the charts so not right. off the charts i just mean literally almost dying um so yeah i know my extended hand to them is keeping myself good mm. and it's i've been doing it so that's i can totally understand what that guy is saying but also for myself actually too well thank you Thank you.